Hello, welcome to another Militant Negro podcast. Uh, The last one I made was about Donald Trump and this COVID-19 thing, but I think it's time for me to get to my true calling, which is trying to let people who are dealing with some health issues understand what you need to do in order to make the outcome of those health issues healthy. January of, uh, well, January 31st of 2019, I had my right leg below the knee amputated because of osteomyelitis due to diabetes. Now, this entire thing was my fault. 2008, I came to Cedar Rapids, Iowa to uh, work at a restaurant downtown, and I came in May. In June, there was a great flood of Cedar Rapids that was a record-setting flood it shut down everything in the downtown area. The restaurant I came to work at got flooded out, never reopened. I decided to stay in Cedar Rapids for a while. That same year, 2008, I got diagnosed with diabetes. Uh, so I filed for disability, Social Security, and all that stuff. And I was approved within 30 days, which everybody tells me normally you get denied and turned down and all that stuff, have to keep doing it. Luckily, I was blessed enough to get it within 30 days of first applying for it. But it was based in Iowa, which is where I was at the time. So I took an apartment here in Iowa and stayed here. I still have a house in Chicago. I still have a house overseas in Marsala, Sicily. And I spent a lot of time in all three places. But during this virus, I got caught here in Cedar Rapids. But let me skip back to why I'm making this recording. Uh, I have never really had any effects of diabetes other than blood sugar control issues. I was hard-headed when I got diagnosed, which was in 2008, as I said. I had to retire from working in the restaurant as a chef because you can't stand on your feet for 12, 14 hours a day. And you can't put all that pressure on your system of the high-stress work environment. It cuts into taking your blood sugars as often as you need to take them. It cuts into you taking the insulin. It cuts into a lot of things if you've got a high-stress-level job as being a chef. I was a chef for 26 years, and in 2008, I retired. Uh, I had a few amputations of toes, which didn't bother me. You know, you don't need all 10 toes to walk anyway. That was my frame of thinking. And I ignored the diabetes. Sometimes I would take the insulin. Sometimes I would keep track of my blood sugars. Most times I would not. I'd eat what I wanted. Uh, My weight was here and there. I'd be up sometimes, down sometimes. Um, Just didn't pay attention and do what the doctors and health professionals said I should do. I didn't just buy into that you can manage your diabetes thing. I paid for that by having my leg amputated in 2019. But here's the thing that this uh, podcast is really about. It's important that you first don't ignore your diabetes. I have a blog called Ignoring Diabetes that I run through WordPress. Uh, That's an interesting blog. I used to be the militant Negro and have a political blog when Obama was in office, but I scrapped that when he left. Now it's a blog about my amputation journey. 
Sometimes it's in- interesting. Sometimes it's me just ranting and raving and letting go of my frustration, which brings me to my point of this podcast. I knew I'd eventually get here. I got into a relationship with a woman in June of uh, 1918. I'm sorry, 2018. I must be thinking about the influenza pandemic of 1918. 2018, I met a woman in the complex where I live. We started talking. We started not dating, but just spending time together. And shortly after that, she moved in with me. And after she moved in with me in, in the same complex, I just had a bigger apartment. I started to get sick. And by sick, I mean I started to get uh, ulcers in my foot that wouldn't heal. I had a toe amputation. As I said, the toe amputation is no big deal. But after meeting her, I had a toe amputation, which led me to discover I had osteomyelitis in my right foot. Painful as hell. You don't believe the pain of having uh, osteomyelitis in your foot. And what osteomyelitis is, it's the infection of the bones, and it makes the bones brittle and splinter, and they call it shark bite because it's like shark teeth, how they have those splinters on the ends, and they separate. So my doctor at the time told me I might have to either have surgery where there's a whole bunch of pins inserted in the foot, which wasn't going to guarantee that it would heal, painful, long recuperation time, or I could have it amputated. So I went for the amputation. The amputation was done January 31st, 2018, uh, 2019. It was successful. Uh, I recovered from the surgery, no issues. My, my limb healed up greatly, no infections, no nothing, piece of cake. My problem came with after I got my first prosthetic, having to deal with prosthetic professionals who didn't listen to me when I told them what I needed. See, that's the problem I have with the medical profession. They think they've gone to school. They've spent all these hours and money and all that stuff on education. But not everybody fits into the same category. Not everybody has the same exact experience with having the same exact illness as somebody else. There are a million amputees in this world, maybe more than that. But not every one of the amputees are the same. They don't have the same needs. I know amputees who got their limb amputated and are content to stay in a wheelchair or continue to use crutches or continue to stay in bed even. But that's not me. See, I had high expectations for myself because I I guess because I healed so well, because I recovered so quickly, because I was ready to get my first prosthetic at a fast rate and get out there and start walking. The day I came home with my first prosthetic, I came home with a uh, a walker. Well, I had to walk when I came home with surgery, but I never used crutches because they hurt under the arms and didn't feel comfortable. And they didn't give me the crutches that go around your forearm with the handles. I never got that pair. I would have probably liked those better. But I had a walker that I used when I first came home uh, with the prosthetic. And Within two or three days, I think it was in three days, in two days I went to a cane put the walker away. And the next day I went to walking without the cane. So within three to four days I was walking on my own with the prosthetic. Amazed the doctors, amazed the prosthetic professional. Didn't amaze me because I knew that's what I was going to do. 
But from that point on, I feel like and felt like I was in a rut. I had stopped progressing because, uh, you know, if you know anything about amputees, the limb that's left, the residual limb, it's swollen and it's full of fluid. But over time, they say two to three years, it shrinks down to the size it's going to be for the rest of your life. But it takes a while for that to happen. You need patience. And anyone who knows me understands I have no patience. Never did. Trying to get some now, but it's an uphill hill. It's a uphill battle, I'm sorry. Um, this is only my second podcast, so there are going to be mistakes. But my residual limb shrunk and lost volume quickly. Now, the story I got from the prosthetic professional and from my doctor, who's a very good doctor, by the way, told me that insurance will only give you four new sockets a year. A socket is what the actual limb goes into. And you secure it either with a pin system or a suction system. I've had both. Um, I'm not going to get into which is better because that's not really what this is about. But anyway, uh, I got four. I'm on my fourth socket now. But if I had gotten these sockets when I really needed them at the pace that I needed them, I'd probably be on number six by now. But that's one of my issues. The insurance companies have set it up so you can only get four sockets a year. But if you really need more sockets than that, because your volume is dropping in your limb, it's getting smaller, and they're ill-fitting sockets, they'll give you what you want, but they'll do it begrudgingly. And so my issues were that when you have a socket that's ill-fitting because of limb loss or because of whatever, weight loss or weight gain, whatever, it hurts to use it. You don't want to do anything in it. You want to stay off it as much as possible. You might put it on and walk around the house in it, but you don't want to go out and do things. And I was in a relationship with a woman. It was a new relationship. She helped me get through the amputation. She stood by my side while I had the osteomyelitis. I mean, I had a a sore, a wound in the bottom of my foot the size of, I don't know, a small tennis ball or a small golf ball, rather, and it was deep to the bone. This woman, who I had met by the time I got the uh, osteomyelitis, it was maybe four or five months into our relationship. She was living with me. She took care of me. I mean, nursed me, changed my dressings, made sure I could do things, did things for me. Because when you're bedridden with something like this, you can't do a lot of moving around. You try, but it's painful. She was there for me. And, of course, I had the conversation with her about, hey, you don't need to be here for this. Go go back to your apartment. Drop me. Go back to living your life. No, I love you, she said. I'm going to be here with you. I'm not going to abandon you because I care about you. Okay, she got me through all this osteomyelitis, big wound in my foot thing, and then I had the amputation, and she nursed me back to health. If you know anything about an amputated limb, you don't get up and walk around on it. It takes time. You have to learn how to use a walker or a cane or crutches, whatever you use to move around in. I got a wheelchair, still have it, but it was not you couldn't get through the doors of, the, of this apartment from room to room. It had to stay in the living room and I had to get to the chair from the bedroom or I had to get in the kitchen using the walker. She helped tremendously, this lady. 
nursed me back to health, changed my dressing, made sure I was taking the medication I was supposed to take. She was the reason I survived this. Hell, she's the reason I had it in the first place. Because hard-headed as I was, there was some points that I decided I wasn't even going to have the amputation because I got jerked around from August 2018 to January 2019. You know, I didn't, I had to wait that period of time to actually have the amputation. And in that period of time, I was in pain. My leg was the size of a small tree trunk. The infection in my leg was spreading from the foot up to the leg. And I didn't want to have to lose more leg than was necessary. I was frustrated. I was angry. Then I got the amputation. I was good. She was something like an angel to me. I couldn't ask for more. Couldn't ask for better. Then I hit that span of time where because my prosthetics weren't fitting correctly and I couldn't get out and do things, I got angry. Not at her, but she was here. And when you are angry and frustrated and at the end of your rope and feel like you can't do anything but lay in bed or sit in a wheelchair because the prosthetic you have is ill-fitting and it's painful, you get in a dark place. I've never been a person to be in a lot of depression, but I guess I was depressed. I was not a nice person to be around. I changed from my usual self to somebody I didn't even recognize. Because when you can't do anything because of a disability, and I'm only going to call it a disability because at that time it was a disability. See, I don't believe that these amputations and limb losses or any of these ailments people have are disabilities. They're abilities to evolve and morphosize into something else and change your way of living. They're an ability to help other people like you, which is why I'm making this podcast. I want to let people know, if you have too high of expectation of yourself when you get an amputation, you're going to fail. You're setting yourself up for disappointment. That's what I did. I expected to be climbing rock walls again, riding bicycles, uh, going to the gym. I expected to do that within a year because I progressed quickly at first. Then I got hung up on not having the right prosthetic not having the right socket, not fitting correctly, being painful. I got a couple of blisters because the socket didn't fit well. All these things made me a different person. And it eroded the love in our relationship. She was my fiance at one point. We got engaged. But I was changing. I was evolving because I was always angry, always fighting with my prosthetic professional about what I needed, always fighting with the insurance company about approving what I needed and getting it to me in a timely fashion. There were a few instances where I got a new socket or a new foot, and it took 50-some days for me to get it from the time they cast my leg to make it till I actually had it on my leg. By the time I got it, it didn't fit anymore. I had to deal with all of that, and I didn't know how to deal with it. Nobody gave me a handbook. Nobody had a conversation with me about what to expect and how to handle it. So I didn't handle it well. I became verbally abusive. I became withdrawn. I became evil and angry and mad and frustrated. And, of course, this beautiful woman, this great, kind soul living with me took the brunt of that. 
So we broke up. We're no longer engaged. We talk maybe once a week now. All my fault. All my doing. And so that is what the purpose of this podcast is. If you are a new amputee, slow down. No matter how fast you think you're moving, slow down. Take your time. Don't be impatient because I was. Don't expect yourself to be up and walking and doing things like I expected myself to do. Because when it doesn't work out that way, you're disappointed. You're angry. You're frustrated. You want to take it out of people around you. And you want to blame the people who are the purpose and cause of it. But you can't blame them. The system is set up so that you don't get what you need right away. And what I mean by that is... In order for you to find out what type of prosthetic system you are qualified for, for lack of a better word, you have to pass a K-test. Now, there are four K-test levels, K-1 through K-4. K-1 means you get the kind of get up that Captain Ahab had in Moby Dick. You get a socket with a wooden stump peg on the end of it. That's all you can qualify for as a K-1. K-2 is a little bit better. K-3 is a little bit better. K-4, it's the best. They say that's what Olympic athletes and first responders and people like that get. I took the K-test in March, I believe it was. Maybe it was February, I'm not sure, after getting surgery. I only passed the K-test to a level two, so I was a K-2. I got a non-working foot, a non-working ankle. I had a block of wood for an ankle. I hated that. Because for 60, well, for 59 years, I was used to walking using a foot and an ankle that worked. All of a sudden, I had to learn to walk without one. I had to learn to walk with a foot and ankle that didn't do anything. Just there for balance. That pissed me off. Soon after I got the first socket and learned how to walk in it, I retook the K-test with a prosthetic. Because guess what? I took the first K-test using a walker. I didn't even have a prosthetic to take the test in. I had to use a walker as if it was uh, two legs. Now, think about that for a moment and, and try to imagine how you can even do that. It's not possible. So I, I tested low as, as a K4. I mean, a K2. That's what I tested at. As soon as I got the leg and got used to using it, I retook the K test. And guess what I came in at? K4. Highest you can get. I'm supposed to be able to get some magical shit now. You know, I could be doing somersaults soon. No. The insurance company declined giving me a K-4 foot. They later approved it, but I had to wait months fighting them about it. See, when you upgrade from a K level, like say from 2 to 4 or 2 to 3 or 3 to 4, you're supposed to get the equipment that goes with that level. That insurance company wanted to fight me by telling me they gave me a K3 level or a K4 level when I got the K2 foot, which, you know, that's bullshit. If they, if you didn't, if they could give you something like that or if they gave you something like that, then what's the purpose of the test? But anyway, they eventually gave me a foot that now has some spring and movement to it. It's not the foot and ankle that I want, but it's better than what I had. But here's the thing that this podcast is about. You can't take it out on the people around you. You have to learn to communicate. You have to learn to talk to your family members, your friends, your significant others. You have to communicate. You have to express yourself. You have to share. 
None of that stuff was in my character or DNA. So I didn't know how to do it. If you don't want to let your amputation or your life-changing illness kill your relationship, you have to not hold it in. Don't expect that you will be up and walking and doing things so quickly. You got to be patient. You can't have high expectations on yourself. You can't do it. If you do, you're going to fail. There's always something in the system, the medical system, the insurance system, that is going to be a roadblock for you. And you have to be able to fight that roadblock, get over that hurdle, and keep going forward with your life. And you have to remember this. Never give up. Never stick yourself in the chair and don't go any further. Never keep using crutches and don't become more mobile. Never stick yourself in bed and decide that's where I'm going to be. Get up. Get out there. Do what you want to do. Take your time. Be patient. You can do it. They tell you, well, you can have a normal life. But you can't. Your life with limb loss or a chronic illness will never be quote-unquote normal. You're going to always be different. You're going to always have hardships. The issue and the deal with that is how you handle the hardships. How you handle being different. You can be productive and have a full life if your mind is right. That's all I'm trying to say. Don't drive the loved one in your life away by being in a dark place. I let myself get in a dark place. My mind was gone. I was blaming folks. The only person to blame was myself because I just didn't handle it right. So I'm trying to say to you, handle it right. Don't let limb loss be a disability. Make it an ability to be different and better. And different is not bad. It's just different. Peace out. Ciao, Bella.